0: Hey, good morning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 16. Uh, if I've not met you, my name's Aaron. I'm so glad to get to teach God's word to you this morning. And I want to just address something. There may be somebody here or a few somebody's who had this thought. Should I be here today? And I just want to say, yes, you belong here. Whether, whether you've been going to this church for decades Well, we haven't been around for decades, but a decade and a half. Uh, Whether this is your first Sunday, whether you're watching right now behind the screen, you belong in church because you belong in the family of God. Jesus made it possible. And so if you ever hear that voice that says, hey, this isn't for me. This is for other people. I don't fit in. That's not the truth. The truth is Jesus has invited you. He's prepared a place for you. And it's not an accident that you're here right now. His presence is here. And when we get together, I mean, we sense his presence alone. But when we get together, uh, the Bible says, yeah, we really are aware of his presence then. Like, we, we really are aware. There's just something powerful about people who want the Lord and want to see the Lord. Uh, our eyes are opened as as we gather. And there was someone in the Bible who, well, there was a lot of people in the Bible. But we're going to talk about a lady named Hagar today that might have seemed an unlikely person to connect with the presence of the Lord, uh, but God came to her. And I want you to see yourself through her. It doesn't matter what gender you are, male or female. We're human beings, and we can see each other, we can see ourselves and how we can relate to God through the biblical character of Hagar. We're in a series called Presence, and we are people who who believe the presence of God is not something just for tomorrow, it's for today. And one of the reasons we know that is because we follow scripture. And scripture shows over and over and over again how God's presence connected with human beings on earth. Not just in the heavenlies, not just in the future, but God's presence connects with people here on earth. And so Obviously, when we get to heaven, there'll be no restrictions, no barrier, no sin, no limitations. We'll connect with God's presence unhindered. And today, we, we know that because of sin and because of the power of evil and darkness, that that we have to position ourselves and become aware of his presence. Because the enemy wants to blind us, divert us. But God's presence is for you. It's not for Some special elite person. It's for every single believer. Every single believer has the Holy Spirit who resides within. And in the Old Testament, which we'll start in today, before the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon all flesh, the the Spirit of God would show up at specific times and places. Now, because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, His presence is always available to us just when we're aware of Him. So here's the title of today's message. The God who sees. God sees. And you're going to see through Hagar that God sees where you are and where you're going, and he's looking after you. So let's start in Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, starting with verse 1. And we're going to read several passages, but we'll just go through verse 6 now. Abram's wife Sarai had not born any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's, so Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. And he slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. When she realized that she was pregnant, she treated her mistress with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and ever since she saw that she was pregnant, she has treated me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied, Sarai, here your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. This is the word of the Lord. So we, we see that Sarai was, excuse me, Hagar especially, was an outcast. I mean, she was Egyptian, and she was under the control of Sarai, who became Sarah. Abram became Abraham, Sarai became Sarah. So I'm just going to say Sarah from this point forward. So she, Hagar was under complete control of Sarah. Sarah was not trusting the Lord, was not trusting the Lord's promise, and she tried to find a shortcut, and it was a really bad decision. She offered her slave to her husband, which was a custom that we don't agree with now, and we know that's not a good thing, and and the scripture shows that it was not a a good thing. But God works even through our missteps. And so here, here it is that this Lady Hagar is... Has, has really been victimized. Like You know, she didn't choose to be in slavery. There's all types of speculation of how that could have happened, but we, we don't know. And then she was given this opportunity to, to bear a child, which was a, a thing of just great and high honor in that day, many thousands of years ago. And then after all that came about, that's when the contempt came from her master, or her contempt came from, Uh, Sarah. And so we we see here that a lady who is isolated, a lady with no rights, a a lady who has no control over her life, a lady who even when something that can be perceived as good turns out bad. those, Those are a lot of difficult, difficult situations. Here's the first observation I want to make about Hagar. Hagar was found by God. Hagar was found by God. And look at verse 7. We've read verses 1 through 6, but now we're in verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness. Remember, she had fled in the spring on the way to Shur. Now, I want to remind you something about angels. We talked about this during Advent. Angels aren't special only, they're only special. They're not special in themselves, but they're only special because they are messengers of God. So they don't have a will to, like, make decisions. They're just, they're just speaking what God wants. So it's the angel of the Lord. You see on the screen that capitalized word Lord. The angel of Yahweh. That makes it even more powerful. The angel of our God. And this is the first time in Scripture an angel gave a message to someone. And who did that angel give a message to? An outcast. That angel gave a message to someone with... We would say now social disadvantages. An angel showed up and God showed up. That's what's more important. We don't want to emphasize the angel. God showed up and found, found Hagar. And he went after her and found her. And this is a prototype. This is a for, This is a first fruits or a forerunner uh, to the salvation we understand. We receive salvation because God initiates salvation. I know that we choose, maybe we raise our hand after a sermon. Maybe we walk to the front of a room like this and give our life to Christ. Maybe we fill out a card or we go to the table of the Lord. And and it it feels like we are choosing Christ. But guys, remember this. The ability to, to do all of those activities I just mentioned is because he chose us. God is the one who found us. I love the parables. I mean, Jesus, I love them and they frustrate me at the same time, okay? Uh, Jesus, the master teacher, the ultimate rabbi, he didn't make things completely clear all the time. He said, I'm going to tell you a story, now you go think about it. And I find sometimes in parables that I, I can find multiple meanings, And isn't that what makes a great story, right, in any way? Whether it's through reason or through the Holy Spirit, there can be different meanings for the same story. And so probably my favorite parable is in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. And it's about the merchant who went and looked. He, He went and looked for a pearl of great price. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 45. I'm not going to be able to read that in red. All right. Way back there. Again, the kingdom of heaven. I got it now, so don't change it now. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus said, I want you to think about that for a while. Now, my first read, and I think this is a good and this is an accurate interpretation, is that Jesus is so valuable. The kingdom is so valuable and separate that we can search our whole life. And once we find that great pearl, the kingdom of God, we'll give up everything for the kingdom of God. And that's a great interpretation. That's a biblical interpretation. Scripture reinforces Scripture. And so I'm blessed by that. But also, I want you to see maybe this in a different way. Maybe, maybe I saw this further on in my walk with the Lord. Maybe you saw it first. Go back to that verse 45 again. Verse 45 talks about uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. So just think about an experienced merchant. A merchant who knows what to look for. A jeweler. Who understands, they can look and see the value of a jewel. They're, they have been to the ports of the world, going from, you know, from port to port in different boats, looking for treasure. Treasure hunting. And then one day, this merchant sees something that is unlike anything he's ever seen. And it's so unlike anything he's ever seen. He said, I'm going to sell everything, I ha- I'm going to give everything I have for that. Brothers and sisters, can you see in this parable that also Jesus can be the merchant and we can be the pearl? And he says, I'll give my life for him. I'll give my life for her. Well, it's hard to accept that, isn't it? It's the God who searches for us, a God who looks for those who are, Forgotten, overlooked, looks for the outcast, looks for those who are isolated, looks for those who have been disposed of, Look, looks for those who have been trashed. And he says, The world, the world says this is of no value, but I, as a great merchant, says, I see great value here. That's a that's a really humbling humbling revelation to receive. The God who searched for us and the God who finds us. I also see through this story that Hagar is seen by God. This is a, you can put that second point up, Hagar is seen by God. This is the title of my message. The God who sees us. The God who looks after us. The God who knows where we're at. What happened is there was some conflict between Hagar and Sarai, and so she she fled, and as she fled she was she was about to die, and she was she was about to she was about to die, and she was an outcast and look at what verse thirteen says the Lord who spoke to her said, "You are." spoke to her, you are El Roy, for she said, in this place I have actually seen the one who sees me. Listen, God sent a message. God found her. God spoke to her. And then God and then God said, God spoke to her, and she responded, you are El Roy. This is a place I have actually seen the one who sees me. This is a Beautiful, beautiful expression because being overlooked, being overlooked doesn't feel good. It's happened to us all, right? Where we've been overlooked, we've been forgotten, and and we, in, in, in religion, sometimes it feels like that only people who were born into the right family or only people who were born in the right part of the world or only people who had certain educational advantages really get it with God. But at the point of desperation, God, he sees the outcast. And he sees the isolated. And once he finds us and speaks his promise to us, and and he speaks his future over us, then we can say, he is a God who sees me. And this passage here in Genesis chapter 16, Hagar is called to return to Sarah. And so there's this thought, okay, well, maybe things will work out. But they did not work out because after, uh, things got worse. And things got so, so bad that she was sent off once again. But this time it was permanently. And so we go some years later to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. Let's start with verse 15. When the water in the skin was gone... She left the boy, this was Ishmael, under one of the bushes and went and sat at a distance about a bow shot away for she said, I can't bear to watch the boy die. While she sat at a distance, she wept loudly. Do you see that place of desperation where she's given up? She's not even given up on herself. She's given up on hopes for her son Ishmael. But God heard the boy crying. There's a fourth point if you want it that God hears us. And the angel of God called to Hagar from the heaven and said to her, What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the boy crying from the place where he is. Get up, help the boy, and grasp his hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw the well. So she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy and he grew and he settled in the wilderness and he became an archer. So we see here that, here's my third point today, is that God, Hagar was rescued by God. When she ran out of all options, when she ran out of all support, when she ran out of all hope, when she ran out of all possibilities. The God who had found her earlier in her life, the God who had seen her earlier in her life, now again was the same God who came to her rescue. Was the same God who said, when no one else believes in you, when all options are gone, when you've given up and you've said, hey, there's nowhere else to go, there's nowhere else to turn, that is when God often will show up because he is the God of rescue. And we see this in the book of Galatians. We see this as we go to the New Testament narrative. Here's a wonderful, beautiful prayer out of Galatians chapter one, verse three. Grace to you and peace from the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. The will of our God and Father is not to condemn us. The will of our God and Father is not to leave us isolated. The will of our God and Father is not for us to die of thirst and in isolation. It's to rescue us from this present evil age. And we know this is that the evil age we live in, what does it mean by age? This is this time period where Satan is still operating in this world through demonic forces that are that are propagating sin and so there's sin of our will there's sin in the spiritual realm and it is a desert sometimes it feels like uh we, we're gonna die it feels like nothing's gonna grow it feels like hey we're isolated and i think all of god's people at some point have asked this question that's why it resonates with the psalms how long O oh god Or where are you god And we're in that desert place, but what happens is this is when God shows up, just like he did to Hagar, our eyes are opened. And we see that there's a well that's a lot closer than we thought. There's a well that's accessible. There's a well that we can draw from. There's a well that's nourishing. There's a well that will bring life to that which is dead. We know the well is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, that he would send and give us the Holy Spirit that would become like a perpetual well within us. And so when we talk about Hagar and and we see that God found her, and God see, sees her in her situation and God rescues her. I want you to be encouraged today that he is doing the same thing for you. He is a God that will rescue you and will help you. I want you to pray with me. Would you join me in prayer right now? Thank you, Father. Lord, you, you just led me to, you led me to start this message by reminding people they belong. And some of you may have felt like a Hagar. You felt like everyone's getting it. Everyone else is understanding it. And you just feel like you're along a ride, that other people are controlling your future. Other people are, uh, you know, making decisions for you, that you can't even control your story. You can't even control your outcome. And, And I want you to hear this today, is that God... God has found you, and God sees where you 're at, and god 's going to rescue you from the situation that you feel that 's hopeless. I want you to believe that today. I want you to believe that this message is for you. If God did it for her he 'll do it for you, and He will do that. I thank God that we have this ancient story, this narrative that tells us tells us about the character of God, tells us about the God who works even though leaders make mistakes. I mean, Sarah had power that she mishandled. She had power that she mishandled. Some of you have been mishandled by someone in power over you. And it's easy to say, well, hey, if they hadn't made that decision, if they hadn't put me out in in, in the desert and made me flee, then, then I would be in a better situation now. Well, I want you to know this. God sees that. He sees where you are. He sees the injustice. He sees the wrong decision that leader made over you. He, he hasn't forgotten you. He's not going to let you die of thirst. He's not going to let you uh, be in isolation forever. There's a well nearby. There's fruitfulness nearby. There's something close nearby that you haven't been able to see. The Lord's trying to open your eyes even this morning. Open your eyes to that. Father, we, we look to you as our hope. We look to you as our strength. We look to you, God, as our sustenance. We look to you as that long, refreshing drink of water that we need. Our soul, some of our souls are so parched and dry and we're spiritually dehydrated and we don't know what the source of of hydration where it's going to come from well i want you to hear this today the lord is the lord is opening your eyes that the well that you need is closer than you thought it, it's, it's, it's right near you. It's accessible. It's something you can draw from. His Holy Spirit doesn't hide from us. His Holy Spirit doesn't trick us. His Holy Spirit doesn't offer something to us that he doesn't back up with his very presence and essence of who he is. Man, he is close to you. He is close to you. He's close to the broken hearted. He is close to the isolated. He is close to the rejected. He he is close to those who, who you're living a life and you're thinking, man, the outcome is not what I thought it would be. He is so close to you, closer than you think, ready to rescue you, ready to make something great out of Hagar. There was a great nation of people a vast nation of people a nation of people with power and influence and so the Lord God the Lord God is birthing this within you and so we thank you for that Lord, we thank you Lord I pray for the disappointed today I pray for the disappointed I pray oh God that hope would hope would rise up today and that hope is you and that hope is your name